Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, I'm super excited to be here today. Um, and also, I would like to clarify something, Uncle Nubu. Uh, I'm, I'm not a guest. You know, I'm, I'm a child of, of this church. I mean, I came up in mommy's class. So I'm never a guest here. And I never want to feel like a guest here. This is my home. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, um, uh, you know, I send greetings from my wife and Joshua, you know, our seven-year-old warrior. He's indeed a warrior. So we want to thank God for um, all the things that he's doing in your life here and also um, in our life as well, too. So we send greetings. We are well and all is well. Let us pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, mercy, love, compassion, for they fell not. Lord, we thank you for this time today as we get to be taught by your spirit, Lord. We pray, Father God, Lord, that more understanding, Lord, will take place and your word will be revealed to us, Father. And no one that came here, Father God, Lord, will leave the same, for they will leave here with understanding, Lord, and clarity of mind so that, Lord, they can continue to hold fast and be strong in their faith, Father. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for boldness. We thank you for understanding, and we know that your grace, Lord, will continue to be multiplied in our life as we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So like I said, I'm super excited to be here um, year two to share God's word with, uh, with you all. And our theme, again, is Our God Understands. And um, the text that, you know, um, Uncle Nobu read from was from Hebrew 4.15, where it says that this high priest of ours, you know, understand our weaknesses for he faced all the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So, in this text, there's a reference being made into what happened from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And we know that Christ became a high priest, you know, in the order of Melchizedek, but that same Christ now lives in us. And because Jesus loves us, we, get now, we now get to experience all the blessings that, that is packaged in Christ Jesus. So what I want to say is that in our walk as Christians, you know, never think that we have arrived. Praise the Lord. I say never think that we have arrived. It's good to be humble and also good to recognize that, you know, every step of the way that we need Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to, you know, share some, a little bit, um, you know, about this text. In this text, Paul is making a point in wanting us to understand that God relates with us. God relates with us. And when God asks us to believe or to follow him, to trust him, to honor him, to listen to him, God is not asking us to do something that is impossible. In fact, he's telling us to do something that he has equipped us to be able to do. Praise the Lord. Also, He's asking us to follow a blueprint and a roadmap that was laid before us. And that's none other than Christ Jesus. Do we agree? And also, God is not an unfair God asking us to do something without giving us the ability and how to do it. God himself is gracious. The Bible itself says that Jesus full of grace. Praise the Lord. So remember that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, he had a full human experience just like you and I are having today. But yet... He honored God. 
That's what the verse said. In fact, we know that in the Bible that God testifies about that in Matthew 3.17 where he says, this is my son in whom I'm what? Well, please, because my son, he laid down his life and did the things that I equipped him and sent him to do. Praise the Lord. So Paul here in this text being inspired by the Holy Spirit is telling us that we can live that life too. Do we agree? We can live that life. So, you know, telling us, you know, that Jesus did not sin. Paul is saying that don't believe the lie that salvation is not transformative. Praise the Lord. Don't believe the lie, the lie that salvation is not transformative. Salvation in itself, it's a transformative journey. Praise the Lord. Do we agree? Salvation is a transformative journey. And we have a perfect example in, um, in Paul himself. If you look at Paul, you look at his story, we knew the life he lived before Christ, right? But after that encounter, we now also have evidence of the life he now have in Christ. Praise the Lord. So it shows us that salvation is transformative. Let us go to John 14, 12. John 14, 12. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. You see, this is, you know, the word of God telling us that the work that Christ has done, now that he's in us, we can now do the same work. Praise the Lord. Amen. We can live a life that is pleasing unto God and live a life where God is honored. And in that verse, the greater works is also living the life that Jesus lived. A life, like I said, that was pleasing to God, but it's also a life of faith. Praise the Lord. That life is a life of faith. That's why it says, whoever believes. That life is a life of love. It's a life of compassion. It's a life of honor. But it's also a life of dominion. Praise the Lord. Because we have example of Christ Jesus himself, you know, taking dominion. Praise the Lord. In that life, we get to live it by having faith in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. That's why we say that he's the foundation and he's also the blueprint. And I want to emphasize as well, too, that in your walk as a Christian, there will always be battles in your mind. Your faith will continuously be challenged. But the Bible tells us that those who know their God, they shall be what? Strong and do exploit. In this walk, you'll be faced with questions. Some questions will come from you. Some questions will be motivated by, you know, spirits trying to put things into your mind to believe the contrary, to believe the things that is against what Christ himself said or what the word of God says. And these thoughts are, you know, they come from the enemy, motivating you to what? To disregard or to question the character of Christ. Praise the Lord. And some of the questions are what? Does God really understand, right? Is God just? Is God fair? You know, if God is so, you know, so generous, why is there suffering in the world? These thoughts come into our mind, praise the Lord. But the truth is still there. These questions will keep coming. And even for yourself, you may come to the conclusion that, man, nobody understands me. There's no one that understands. And then you begin to build this, like, this, this anger in your heart, right? And all of it is based on your ignorance. It's not based on the fact, the truth, which is God's word. Praise the Lord. And all these things, they bring confusion. 
That's why it's important to fellowship with one another. That's why it's important to have a head or overseer, someone that you can go to to give you guidance. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want us to understand that, you see, the unbeliever doesn't have hope. Praise the Lord. But we, the believer, we have hope. But the Bible tells us that Christ is our hope of what? Glory. We have hope. And it takes for the unbeliever to believe for then they can partake in that hope. Praise the Lord. That's very necessary. So I want to reemphasize again today our theme that don't believe the lie. Our Lord understands. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Say, our God understands. Amen. So you see, of all power and entity in the heavenly realm, there's none that is holy, pure, loving, caring, understanding, and thoughtful as the Spirit of God. There's no spirit in the realm of spirit that is as thoughtful, as caring, as pure, as understanding as the Spirit of God. See that eternal Godhead, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is no comparison. There is no comparison. They are in a class of their own. And we, get, we, we can all testify about that, about the goodness of God. Because if we look at creation, only a loving spirit, only a thoughtful spirit will create this. We sing that song. We say that, you know, O Lord my God, when I am in awesome wonder, consider all the things that hand have made, right? I've seen what? The stars. I hear what? The rolling thunders. Then sings what? My soul, my Savior God to thee. What do we say? Our great what? Thou. We're talking about his goodness. So he understands. Praise the Lord. So, and also only a loving spirit will create you and I. And not only that, giving us his nature. Praise the Lord. When someone loves you, how they treat you, all of that, you see it. How, you, know, you see the manifestation of it. Praise the Lord. And we can all attest that God loves us because he gave us his nature. And David himself had great revelation of God's love. Praise the Lord. Because when you know God's love, then you'll come to the realization that he understands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 145, verse 9. Psalm 145, verse 9. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll continue by reading Psalm 145, verse 9. Psalm 145, verse 9, it says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies over all his works, the entirety of things created. Praise the Lord. So you see, this is evidence coming from David telling us that God is good, full of mercies. And all over his works, you can see the evidence of it. Praise the Lord. And the things that he created, that includes the animals, that includes us, and that includes all the things that God himself has done. Amen. So I want to emphasize again that when God created us, 
He didn't miss. He gave us his best, praise the Lord. But, but what happens sometimes is that we let the enemy confuse us into believing a lie. You know, where we get to question God's character and we wonder whether he understands. But that is why you and I, we all need to develop our faith, praise the Lord. That's what Kevin was, you know, talking about on Wednesday when he mentioned that, you know, the need for us to, on Wednesday prayer, when he mentioned the need for us to develop our faith. That is critical. The Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing. But faith also comes by gathering of the brethren. Whether it's on Wednesdays, you know, Tuesdays, you know, whatever time that you get to fellowship, it's critical. That's the journey of building your faith. So that is, you know, very critical. And I want us to see how you do it. This is how you do it. Let's go to James 4, 7 and see what it says. It says, submit, so submit to the authority of God. And what else? Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. So you see, when these thoughts come, these lies come, you know, trying to make you to not see the value of salvation or to come to this understanding that, oh, you know, God doesn't understand or he can't sympathize with us. You know, that's how you do it. You resist them. You resist them. You talk to yourself. You say, no, this is a lie from the pit of hell. I know that my Lord understands. Praise the Lord. Because Jesus, he lived among us. Praise the Lord. The life that we experienced, the full-blown human experience, he had that too. So he knows how to sympathize with us. And also, if God did not love us, then John 3.16 would not be a reality. What does John 3.16 say? It says, for what? For this is how God loved the world. What did he do? He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes would not what? Perish and have everlasting life. That means God understands. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the question we can ask is that, how do we get to the, un, to the point to say that, you know, God does not understand when he made Jesus, he that knew no sin, right, to become sin so that we might become, you know, the righteousness of God? That's the truth that we need to know. That's the truth we need to familiarize ourselves with. So that way when those lies come, you can refute it. Praise the Lord. See, it's only unbelief that will make you ask us questions or question whether God understands, whether he can sympathize or relate with us. So I want us to go back again to that same, you know, Hebrew chapter 4 and to clarify, you know, our point. Let's go back to Hebrew, you know, chapter 4, verse 2. We start from verse 2. And, and let's see what it says. It says, for indeed we have had the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelite also when the good news of the promised land came to them. Let's see what happened. But the message they heard, what happened? Did not what? Benefit them because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. You see? The message they heard did not, was not united with what? With faith. Okay, let's keep going. It says, for the... For we who believe, that is, we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enters what? Rest, so that we have his inner peace, now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power. Praise the Lord. And then, then and it says, just as he said, 
as I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And now let's go to um, verse 6. We're jumping to verse 6. And then it says, therefore, since the promise remains for some to enter his rest, and those who formerly had the, um, had the good news preached to them fell to grasp it, and they did not enter because of their what? Unbelief. That's what I said. Unbelief is what makes you question whether God understands. Praise the Lord. Unbelief evidenced by what? Disobedience. Let's keep going. He again sets what? A definite day, a new day, today. Praise the Lord. Today, if you believe, you'll see God's glory. Praise the Lord. It says that, what, does, what did God do? Providing what? Another opportunity to enter that rest by saying through David, after so long a time, just as he has said before. Amen. And it says that today, if you hear his voice, do not, what? Harden your hearts. So I want us to understand that God understands and relates with us. He loves us, and it's because of his love. That's why he's given us opportunities on opportunities to get it right. And this thing called life. We go from what? Glory to glory. Staying in his presence, fellowshipping with him, he's given us opportunity to get it right. And that's, you know, his patient love that's on display. Praise the Lord. It's because he understands. That's why we get these opportunities, because of his love. That's why we get these opportunities to get it right. Let's go to Psalm 103, verse 10. And David also testified about that. In Psalm 103, verse 10, I'm, I'm sorry, Psalm 103, 10 to 14, it says, what God, what? He does not treat us as our sin deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed what? Our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are thus. So this verse we read is to confirm again that our Lord understands. Praise the Lord. Amen. So... And I want us to understand that to follow Jesus, you always have to check your pride, praise the Lord. To walk with him, you have to check your pride. You have to check your ego. Because Jesus himself, while having a full human experience, we know that he lived here on earth, he was fully aware of his nature. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. He knew who his father was. And his faith was evident, praise the Lord. So when you pair knowledge of the love of God with faith, it produces confidence, praise the Lord. That's why it's important to study. And that's that confidence that gives us the hope to believe, even when things are not going you know, accordingly, even when there's a challenge. So Paul uses this verse to point us to the fact that we don't need to be desperate, praise the Lord, that God loves us so much that he didn't just send us a savior, he sent us a savior that knows how we feel. Praise the Lord. He didn't save us what? A savior, but he sent us a savior that can relate with us, that can, that, that can you, know, you know, empathize and sympathize with us. And that savior is what? An ever-present help in time of needs. Amen. And this brings me to um, something that happened to me. And God began to open my eyes and, you know, and saying to me that even, you know, on that hospital bed, God's spirit is there touching people. 
bringing them to comfort, hugging them, showering them with love. And this is something that happened to me uh, on Sunday, Sunday the 20th, uh, August 20th. I think it was around like 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, I woke up and, you know, after like wondering why I was awake, because who doesn't love sleep? I love sleep. But, you know, suddenly I was awake. I woke up. And as I was questioning why am I up, like I don't need to be up, I need to be asleep, you know, then God began, you know, began to bring my attention to this verse, you know, the Hebrew 4.15 saying that, that God understands, that we have a high priest that understands, you know, and God himself began to show me that he really understands. And while I was there, you know, I have, you know, because once I couldn't sleep, I, you know, I didn't want to, you know, keep turning and, you know, you know bother my wife. You know, so I went, we have a couch. I went to the couch there and just, just, because I was wide awake. And I just started pondering. And, and while I was there, you know, it's like I saw myself in, like, in a hospital. And the Lord showed me that he was there with people in that hospital caring for them. You know, touching them, really being present, praise the Lord. He was there, like, touching them. You know, I said, Lord, are you there? He said, yes. He said, I'm, I'm here. He said, in fact... I don't leave. He says, I don't leave. Like, this is him, like, really, like, showing me, like, I don't leave. Like, where do you get this idea that I leave? I say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't leave. Like, like, Jesus doesn't take breaks. He doesn't take breaks. He's always there, always there. Like, this is, I mean, I can't, like, describe it. It's just... You know, it's like I, and then he began to show me more. It's like I saw this person on the edge of, of a bed. You know, there's a hospital bed, right? It was on the edge of a bed, like skinny flesh and bones. And it's like Christ was himself like right across there. You know, he was like, he kept emphasizing, you know, that he's always there. Like he never leaves. He says, I'm there during surgery. He says, I'm there during chemo. He says, even, even when they smile, it's me that put that smile on their face, even while they're going through that pain. He says, your evaluation of me is often based on what your eyes can see. But he says that, but I'm always there. That's what he was saying to me. He says that people can only testify about me to the extent, you know, of which I've revealed myself to them. He says, and their testimony is often based on what? My revelation. So people don't think I understand, but I do. He says, my love for them is endless. Praise the Lord. God's love for us is what? Endless. He says that. It says, people associate pain with my name, but they don't know me. It says, I am the Lord that watches over my people. It says, I do not slumber, no sleep. Praise the Lord. He's there watching over us. And then he began to, you know, minister to me. He says, you know, it says, how many times have I told people that I'll never leave him nor forsake him? He said, I am, am I a man that I should lie? He said, I tell people to take my yoke. He said, you cannot convince me at this point at this point, after this experience, that God doesn't understand. Try convincing, you know, pastor, that God doesn't understand. I mean, the man will be home, he will pray, and food will show up. How do you convince that person that God doesn't understand? We, we, we heard the testimony of mommy. How, after four, you know, bouncing, handsome boys, that you can tell her that God doesn't understand? Wasn't he there? The whole way. God is always there. He understands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Even me, after three and a half years, 
One miscarriage. Year four, Joshua came. How can you convince me that God doesn't understand? The evidence is there. Praise the Lord. He says, only what? Believe. And you will see what? My glory. Praise the Lord. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, he, he, he speaks to us. He says, come to me, all you who are what? Worry and burden. And I will give you what? That's the same rest that, that, that uh, Paul is talking about in the book of Hebrew. That's the same rest. He says, verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from who? That's what I say Jesus is the blueprint. Praise the Lord. Follow him. He says, learn from me, for I am what? Gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Praise the Lord. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I've come to understand that, you see, we as human, we can experience God in three ways. That, this is what my little brain was able to kind of conceive and put together. So, you know, we all experience God in our own special way. But for me, that, that's what I came up with. Is that, you know, I've come to understand that we experience God. You can experience God in three ways. You can experience God by walking alone, saying that you don't need him. You can experience God by you, by, by walking with him and still have your agenda. Or three, you can experience him where you completely rely on him. Praise the Lord. And that's the one you want. Praise the Lord. The one where you get to do what? Completely what? Rely on him. That's why, you know, in Philippians 3, let's read Philippians 3 from 8 to 11. This is, you know, this is, this is Paul's testimony. Let's see what it says. From verse 8 to 11, it says, but more than that, what is, what, he says that I count, then that I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege of supreme advantage of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, and growing more what? Deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him. A joy unequal. For his sake I have lost everything and I consider it all garbage so that I may gain Christ. He may be found in him, believing and relying on him and not having any righteousness of my own derived from my obedience to the law and its rituals, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And this, so that I may know him experientially, experiencing him. They experience him in their life. That's why you cannot convince him that God doesn't understand. Praise the Lord. They have experience. They have proof. So it says, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders. So it's important for us to know the riches that we have in Christ. Because when we do, we will not, you know, assume that he doesn't understand. Praise the Lord. When you know that you're saved, when you know that you're redeemed, when you know that you're overcoming, when you know that you, you are the, that new man, this is all evidence that God understands. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it's important that we experience him, the power, that we experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers, and that I may share the fellowship of his suffering by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did, also that I may attain the resurrection that will raise me from the dead. I said before that salvation is transformative, and this is the evidence that salvation is truly indeed informative. Praise the Lord. Because there's a work that is done in you. And as I was pondering on this, the Lord began to show me that people spend more time worrying about whether God is merciful 
than focusing on experiences of mercy. Praise the Lord. People spend what? More time worrying, wondering whether God is merciful than experiences of mercy. Your job is to experience what? His mercy. It's not to focus on whether he's merciful. Because there, there's, there was a physicist, he wanted to prove that God, God was real. He, was, he, he didn't believe in God. He wanted to prove. He searched scriptures. By the time he finished, he's a, he was a believer. By the time he finished, he was a believer. Because he could not refute the truth. Praise the Lord. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. And as I began to ponder more, he began to remind me of my dad, still on that couch, like, you know, reflecting. He says that, you remember your dad? You remember how he was sick? And I say, yes. He says, you know, you have proof now that he's well, praise the Lord. He's no longer sick. But you remember at a point I was sad. When my dad was sick, I was sad. I was questioning God, say, Lord, what's going on? You know, I want him to live long so he can see Joshua go up. You know, all the complainings that we do, right? Amen? Do we do it? Okay. We do, we do these things. He says, you have proof. He says, you see, all that time, I was there. He said, but I, kn- I knew you knew what to do. But I was waiting for you to come to your senses. Because my dad, he was sick. He said, I was waiting for you to do what? Come to your senses. Because what was I doing? I was associating you know, like sickness to his name. He said, no, don't do that. And then all of a sudden, like that, your faith rises up. That's why it's good to have faith. All of a sudden, my faith rises up. I begin to say, you know what? Adonai, El Shaddai, you know, God of glory, Lord of Lord, King of kings, I know it is well with my father. And then my faith was, was so, like, it, it was amazing. I began to worship, call upon the name of God. That's, you know, we sing this song, you know, from uh, Nathaniel Bessie, he says, you know, call on, on, on him that he will answer you, right? That angels are waiting with heavenly supplies to do the things that God has promised us, to, for us to experience his mercy. And I begin to worship. I lifted up his name. He says, call me by my name. So I, I begin to call him by his name. El Shaddai, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. Lord, I trust in you. I know that you, he will recover. But you see, there was a clear... Difference from the time I was complaining to the time where I was what? I was worshiping him. And that's what faith does. Praise the Lord. That's what faith does. It doesn't mean that sometimes you may not feel down, but, but there's always that reminder. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to remind us. He says, no, I was waiting for you to come to your senses. He says, who told you that I don't understand? I do understand. But your job is to what? Is to have faith. Praise the Lord. It's to believe. Praise the Lord. Amen. And to believe and to not have fear. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for God did not give us what? A spirit of fear. But it also he has given us a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you see, sin is not just when, you know, someone unfortunately murders another person. Unbelief is a great sin. Praise the Lord. Unbelief is a grave sin because you completely disregard everything that, you know, that, that God did, that everything that Christ did as a lie, praise the Lord. So that's why we need to, you know, build our faith. So those, those community gatherings, they are priceless, praise the Lord, because that's where we get to come to build our faith. We get to ask questions because the following week there will be question session, right, so that you may know. 
so that you may know. And also a great prayer to, to pray against, you know, unbelief is to ask God to open your eyes. Praise the Lord. Asking him to, Lord, open my eyes concerning this. Come, open my eyes concerning this. What don't I understand? Because, uh, you know, I state on mind that constantly question, you know, the character of Christ, the character of God. That's not the state of mind we need to be in. Our mind needs to be completely renewed, praise the Lord. So that we, you know, we don't draw in our souls, but rather we lift up, up you know, the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. That's what, that's what needs to happen. Let's go to Romans 12 too. That's what the Bible tells us to do. It says, you know, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with superficial values and customs, but be what? Transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. Faith, growing in faith is spiritual maturity, praise the Lord. Building your faith is a sign of spiritual maturity. This is by renewing what? Your mind, focusing on godly values. Jesus saved you. That's a godly value. Praise the Lord. He redeemed you. That's a godly value. Praise the Lord. He is the Lord of Lord. That's a godly value. So those are the things that we need to keep our mind on. Is it on godly values and ethical attitude so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect and his plan and purpose for you. Amen. So you see that our mind must be renewed by studying the word of God so we can know the truth and refute the lies as they come. Which lie? I don't know if God understands, but I'm here to tell you that he understands. Praise the Lord. Our Lord what? Understand. His understanding, when he, when he showed me this, I was so excited. The Lord said that my understanding is in my provision. Praise the Lord. He said what? My understanding is in what? Yes, look at all the things that I've given you. How can you question whether I understand? My understanding is in my provision. It says, I blessed you. You were dead in sin. I redeemed you. Right? Not only did I redeem you, made you free, but now you're sitting next to me in the heavenly realm with complete dominion, power to do and undo. Praise the Lord. Come on now. How are you going to tell me that the Lord doesn't understand? He understands. Praise the Lord. He understands. He's always there. He understands. That's why, you know, we need to continue to believe. We can't let up in our faith. Continuously believe. Faith is a continuous thing. You don't wake up today and say, oh, man, you know, I don't want to believe. No, you have to believe because that's your victory. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 16 from 13 to 19. This is when, you know, Jesus you know, was asking, you know, who do you say that I am? And I'll start from the verse 14, you know, for the sake of time. It says, Jesus says, who do um, people say the son of men is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others says Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. He said to them, well, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, Spiritually secure, favored by God are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood, mortal men did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and says, and I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hate will now overpower it by preventing the res resurrection of Christ. I will give you the keys 
authorities of the kingdom in heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Praise the Lord. How do you say that God doesn't understand? Praise the Lord. He has given us everything. And that's why Peter was testifying. He says, you, this is who you are. So in our time of challenges, we need to say, Lord, this is who you are. You are my hope. You are my everything. In you, I have victory. This is who you are. Speaking to his true nature and character, but not believing lies. He's God. Praise the Lord. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. The Lord God Almighty, the I am that I am. Say, Lord, who should I say sent me? He says, I am. There's authority in God's name. Praise the Lord. There's authority in what? In God's name. Praise the Lord. So this verse we read, it really speaks to the nature of God, the promises and all that he has done for us by giving us keys to his kingdom. So we need to confess with our mouth daily that, that our helper understands, that my healer understands, praise the Lord, that my great shepherd, what, understands, that my protector, what, understands. He said, I created you male and female, living in my presence. You were deceived. That's in Genesis. You were, you, you were deceived. But what did he do? He said, before you left the garden, what did he do? He clothed them. He clothed them. That speaks to his nature. That speaks to his love. He says, I appointed kings. I gave you prophets. It says, I walk with you until the promised Messiah came. It says, I lived among you. And I was also your savior. So therefore, I understand. Praise the Lord. So you see, Jesus himself in, in heaven, he was blameless. But it was our sin that was placed on him. But he came to die. That's what we read in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He says, he made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Amen. So what we just read, that's what God did. Praise the Lord. So that we do not have an excuse. Praise the Lord. But also so that we have a way to deal with sin. And this is what the Lord ministers to him. He says that I did not ask you to build a house from scratch. He says, I built the house myself and I gave you the blueprint, which is Christ Jesus. He says, I didn't ask you to build a house or to do anything by your own strength and power. He says, I built what? My house. And what did I do? Gave you the blueprint. If somebody gifted you a house, you know, build a house, you know, you know, gifted it to you and gave you the blueprint. All you have to do now is maintain it. Praise the Lord. And that's what we do as we believe in God. Praise the Lord. We are what? Working out our salvation. We're believing, constantly believing. Constantly believing. That's like maintaining that house. Because you got the house for free. And you have the keys to that house. Praise the Lord. Do we understand that? Amen. So all we need to do now is to tap into that grace. 
He says, that's why I made Jesus human like you for these reasons. So that you may, you may know that I'm the Lord, your God, that loves you. Praise the Lord. Amen. He says, I know your struggles, but you have to know that I love you. He says, I'm doing all this so that you can stand before me and say, though, I wasn't gracious. We have evidence of his grace. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's why we must accept the things that we have in Christ Jesus. We have to accept his peace. We have to accept salvation. We have to accept his grace. We have to accept his love. And we have to accept that new heart that he gave you. Praise the Lord. We have to accept that new spirit. And we have to accept that new nature that we have in Christ Jesus. He says, take it and accept it. Because it makes our human experience worthwhile. Praise the Lord. Because now what happened is that your problems become small. But your Jesus becomes what? Big. Isn't that what we testify? That, we, that, they, you know, that he's big, he's large, he's great, and that we have a great God? But now if my God is bigger, you know, than my problems, then my time is spent worshiping him, thanking him. Praise the Lord. Singing praise unto him. It says, who is like unto thee? Oh, Lord, who is like unto thee? Oh, Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness and fearful in praises. Do we wonders, hallelujah. We sing, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. I don't know the rest. Go ahead, help me. Every breath that I am able, I will sing of the good. It says, it says, your goodness is running after me. My goodness is chasing you to help you, to deliver you, to empower you, to transform you, to touch you. So that that light may shine. How will others know that I am real? It says, my light must shine in the life of the believer. When you enter a room, that place is blessed. What you declare is what will happen. God is good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 27, verse 1. This is David again, you know, testifying about God. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall what? I fear. He says, the Lord is my strength. From whom shall I be what? Afraid. See, God's goodness is not defined by our challenges. Praise the Lord. I face a challenge, challenging situation, God is good. I don't face a challenging situation, God is good. My faith is what? Constant. Because that work is finished. Praise the Lord. That work what? It is well, it is well. With my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us go to Psalm um, 91 from verse 14 to 16, NIV. I don't, I don't think I gave you guys this one, but I'll read for you. He says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. See that? He says, he will call on me, and I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show my what? Salvation to God be the glory. That's your portion, praise the Lord. Even people that you get to intercede for, that is also the portion, praise the Lord, as they believe. That's why you should always take time to pray with people. Pray for people. Pray for people so that they may know that our God is not an unfair God. Praise the Lord. Most of our pain is our self-inflicted pains. Most of our pain are self-inflicted pains. It doesn't come from that spirit. Not one bit. Not one bit. I, I, was, I was asking, I said, Lord, are you, like, do you, are you, he said, yeah, don't leave. He said, I don't leave. I mean, from generation to generation, his faithfulness stands, praise the Lord. From generation to what? To generation. Kings were appointed. The people were appointed kings, but they were not doing what God wanted. What happened? Now he appointed new kings, new prophets to do what? For us. So that we can experience his grace. So that after we live here, we can go and be, you know, in his presence. Isn't that what we say? We're going higher, right? We're not living now, though. You know, we're not living now, but we're, but we're going higher, praise the Lord. In our faith, right? In our faith, we're going higher. That's the song that we sung. We're going higher. And I, I want to share this, you know, this testimony, you know, of a time that I had a conversation with my brother. And I remember, like, when he first graduated from, you know, NJIT, you know, as, um, as a new grad, you know, it's always like this. You need experience, right? But if you don't give me an opportunity, how will I have experience? I was a student for four years. And that's always the question that most students ask. Like, I need experience, but give me an opportunity so I can show you. And sometimes, even when you do internships, they still think it's not, you know what, good or strong enough, right? And I remember I was on the phone with my brother, you know, because, you know, at that time, I think he was on his second job or something like that. And, you know, in engineering, a lot of times there's contracts involved, and sometimes a contract may hold, a contract may not hold. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Uncle Chris is here. I know you've, you know, you've helped my brother, you know, to find new opportunities and stuff like that. And he called me one day and he was talking to me. I mean, this is the guy that really, like, inspired me to really, like, know and, like, love God. Like, he, like you know, his life really inspired me. And I was on the phone with him. And he says, man, like, you know, I feel like, you know, it's getting tough, whatever. I have, like, you know, I have, you know, people that I went to school with. You know, they were not, you know, they were not really that studious you know, and stuff like that. Like, I know that I have the competence and stuff like that. And, um, and yet they're, you know, finding better jobs than I am. I said, listen, I said, I understand, you know, your situation. But guess what? Let God do his work in his time. Let him go to work for you. Let him, let him find you. Let him, let, let him help you find your way. Don't worry about what, it's happening in this person's life, in that person's life. You don't know. But God has a plan for you. That's what he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I have what? A plan for you. A plan to prosper you. I said, don't worry about it. He was really sad. But I encouraged him. I said, listen, of all the things that they have, if all they have is their job 
in that good salary, then they have nothing. I said, but you, you have something. You have Jesus. I said, you have Jesus. It's more precious than anything else. And then I remember when I said, shared that with him, he was like, you know what, you're right. Because he knows. He knows. Chris knows the Bible. <laughs> this is from the men's retreat. We know Bible. If you weren't there, if you, weren't there you wouldn't know. <laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> but I'm telling you, my brother, he knows the Bible. But I encouraged him. I said, listen. I said, I said no. I said, if all they have is this job, then they have nothing. I said, but you, you have something that's far greater. You have Jesus. And then years later, we, you know, we we're in conversation. And we always say this. We said, like, if, if what God has blessed us with now is what we had when we first graduated, we don't know where we would be. That's why it's good to just simmer down, calm down. The sky is not falling. Jesus is in control. Believe. Believe. Jesus is in control. He knows when he's going to promote you. He knows when, you know, it's time for you to move on. He knows when it's time for you to rest. He knows when it's time for you to move. Just believe. And, and what, what has happened now? Now he's the one advising people on, on, on salaries. Why? Because God is faithful. Because that seed that the devil is trying to plant that, oh, as if like God favors this person, doesn't he? No, you're a believer. You're, you belong to him. You're his son. So, so favor is for you. Favor is your portion. Grace is your portion. Healing is your portion. Restoration is your portion. So God's understand. He does understand. And I said to him, I said, I said, now, I always say that. I said, Lord, see the time when I have, you know, anything? To God be the glory. Because I don't know, like, money can change you. See, riches can change people. Riches can change people. It, it, it really can. It can change you. But when God he says, you know what, follow my step, like the step of the righteous is ordered. Why? Because he's the one leading you. He doesn't want to leave you to your own device to go and do something that will wreck your life. That's why it's important to sit on the people that teaches the truth so that you don't scatter. That's what God wants for us. He's with us wherever we go. If you're driving, he's in a car with you. You're at sleep, he's right there. You're at work, he's right there. Your manager is annoying you, he's right there. Your manager is not annoying you, he's right there. What, what will he tell you? He says, they are over you, obey them. And you do that. When it's, when it's time for, for you to be promoted, it will happen. Why? Because our God understands. This time, this life, hits his experience that we get to partake in. Praise the Lord. We get to partake. I think Onika shared this a few years back at a youth retreat. He was talking about how, like, you know, talking about the you know, 3D world or something like that. Like, this life, you know, it's God that created it for us to experience it. And he wants us to be glorious in it. So today, this is the day that the Lord has what? Made. And we'll do what? Rejoice. And what? No matter what. Even when you walk into the valley of shadow of death, you feel what? No evil, for God is with us.